Introducing Mortgage Matters. This is a great time to go buy a house. This is when the real estate fortunes are made. A show dedicated to helping you navigate the challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were put into conservatorship in 2008 and continued to dominate the mortgage market. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Brody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess is an outrage. Broadcasting live from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? It's time for Mortgage Matters. All right. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen of the 805 and 820. Yeah, the 820. <laughs> can't just do that anymore. Yeah. Uh, it's not as simple as it used to be. That's right. Is that effective now? I think it was Friday or Monday yeah, next week or something. I think so. The and 820. Then... We're going to have to start. No more seven-digit phone numbers around here. It's going to no. be all ten-digit numbers. Yeah, you have to. No, actually, 11, because you got to put the one in there, too. I um, Yesterday, I found myself typing in a phone number into my office phone, mm-hmm. and immediately I had that panic that I that I needed to... I wasn't sure if I needed to start using the area code yet or not, and I thought I was going to get that eh, 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 tone in the phone, but it went through, so it must not be... I think it's... I think it's Monday. Yeah, I'll look it up. It's I, coming up, whatever I, it is. I, Does that mean we have to go through all of our contacts and update those because we're going to start yes. hitting the contact button and it's not... It's well, I always have the area code and mm, you're good like So I'm, I'm good, yeah. But yeah, the rest of you who what haven't been one? as thorough you in your contact cards... Do you have the one ready? I don't, but your cell phone <laughs> doesn't need the one. All right. You've done your uh, research. Let's see if I can see it. I think it's next year sometime. Oh, is it? Yeah. Um... Jason Grody is, uh, has got the day off. I'm joined by Jason Van Dyke. Hello, today. hello. So the, the Dan and Jason thing still works. Yeah, we're still here. Um, you know, yesterday, as we were preparing for the show, we got off onto a little tangent about the area code thing. And um, you know, don't try to steal our idea or anything, but we're going to uh, start working on a 820 brew that's going to be so much more <laughs> popular than that 805 thing. So... Keep your eyes out on the store shelves. It's coming. Do you have any experience with this? Just a whole new <laughs> no. venture? You're just actually, a- uh, Jason Grody um, has actually won a beer-making competition. Oh, snap. Look um, out now. So he's a, he's a brewmaster. I am not. I'm more the taste tester. Looks like it's June, Dan, that you actually have to use it. Uh, for some reason, I thought I saw something in the paper that said it was um, coming up sooner. Hmm. But, hey. Yep. Okay. So, According to the Ventura County Star, I found it in that starting June. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Well, there we have it. Not quite yet. Jumping the gun on the eight two zero thing. Mm-hmm. Um. Hey. Well, we're just getting warmed up here. It's a live episode. It's actually the second to last live episode of Mortgage Matters of the Year. Wrapping um, it up, huh? Next week we're wrapping things up, and then we head into those. Um, holiday breaks for christmas and new year's so this... year always flies by doesn't it i mean it gets to december quick i think it's the kids for me anyway <laughs> i mean if you have kids the just all the events and the carpooling and organizing and play dates and practices and games and homework and <sighs> yeah man it's, it's not a lot. lot there's not a lot of that anymore not enough of that um those moments where you can 
take that big deep breath and relax. Yeah, there's just there's doesn't happen. That. Not when you have kids. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, it just keeps marching forward. You've got a birthday party for got a, one of yeah. your kids tonight, right? My son is going to turn 5 on Monday, so tonight we're um taking a group bowling and uh, is gonna he going to know pizza party? Is he going to know anyone there? Does he, and his yeah. friends get to go? There's some there's some kids that will be there, some adults, so the parents, you know. Right. We can have fun too. You have to do that too. Yeah, right? we've got the the grandparents in from out of town. So oh, yeah, nice. we'll have we'll have a good little group together. I don't remember the weekend you had to take off because somebody arrived. That wasn't it on a weekend that your son was born or near a weekend? Wow, that's Jim's going yeah, back. That's oh, not so cool. Oh, yeah. The last damn five that. years have been very, very sleep deprived. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's uh, it's hard to remember yeah, some yeah. of these fuzzy, fuzzy details. Yeah, I just think it's. You want me to remember the day of birth no, of no, my I just, son? No, I just remember. <laughs> like, no, no, I just remember. Well, Forty-eight hours. I'm just of trying to sleep. say it doesn't seem like it's that long ago. But you know, I just like. Uh, but I just kind of, I kind of remember you were off on a weekend. I remember him having a, a day off a, yeah. a few weeks back when you got to go to a soccer yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, every couple of years I get a day off, and it's yeah. it's pretty awesome. I really enjoy it. How was the soccer game? Do you win? <laughs> I got a good memory. Um, you but. know, they don't keep score oh, in um, oh, right. under six soccer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was. Yeah. <laughs> I can score, and yeah, we won. Yeah, yeah. Is he the type right. of kid that wants to know the score at the end of the game? I know no. we didn't keep score, no. but what was it, Dad? No, my kid's the one out there who's like counting things, right? Just talking to himself, right? <laughs> that happens. That not age. paying attention to the action yeah. around him at yeah. all. So no, does not care about the score. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so some pretty cool Christmas things happening in the area. You ever yeah. make it up uh, to Cambria and do the lights up there? We did it last year, and we're planning on uh, getting up there this year. Super That's fun. really neat. And every year they add more lights. So I think they're up to, you know, they, they boast something like 2 million uh, Christmas lights up there. It's so neat. I mean, and it and it's, you don't even know where you are at nighttime. Like if you arrive at night and just do the walkthrough, yes. you're like, what planet am I on? And then you go in the day and you're like, I don't. Where was I last night when I was in that tunnel of lights? Yeah, it's yeah. Hard, it's hard to kind of know where you are. Cambria Pines Lodge. Yeah, it's really neat. It's a great family experience up there. Um, yeah, last weekend was the lighted boat parade in Morro Bay. Okay, so go to that. Was, we were there as it was starting, but didn't really stick around. Right, right. Yeah. Gets a little crowded. All the tourists start coming in and. Just yeah, this area is drawing <laughs> a lot of people, right? Yeah. I mean, it's good to see. It's good to have the tourists in, in the area. It's good for the economy. Last night was the Winter Wonderland in Atascadero, okay. right across from our office. In fact, I almost got trapped at our office last night as they were setting everything up. They had police barricading me in on the street and other Christmas-themed decor also blocking the street. Luckily, I found an escape route. It's a fun time of year for sure. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's a lot going on. Hopefully you're getting out and enjoying all the the activities and and you know, I know this time of year um it's it's the shopping season. It's the the big retail season. It's the time of year where a lot of retailers years finally fall into the black and and mm-hmm. become profitable for the year. Um and you know, I know we're in this age where it's just so darn easy and convenient to buy things online. Um, but I just I I can't help but remind everybody out there that there are some great local businesses here. There's some great um, 
great shops with things that I mean, you could probably find them online, but you wouldn't think to look for them. So there's, mm-hmm. you know, there's lots of um, just boutique type shops. Um, you know, whether it's for clothing or little knickknack type things, there's all kinds of great stores around town. And when you spend your money in a local store, um, statistics will will tell you that that dollar gets recycled in your community up to seven times. You know, that that store owner is going to take that dollar and they're going to go buy some groceries with it that night. And that's going to, you know, pay some salaries for those guys who are going to go buy some, you know, buy a movie or go to the movies or, you know, do whatever. But it just recycles around and that dollar really um, has a big impact on the local economy. So, you know, I know that Amazon uh, thing is just open and ready for you all. 24 hours of the day, but um, those local retailers need you as well. So get out there. It's fun to just walk around and see all the, the shops decorated for Christmas. Nostalgic a little get bit, right? Get in that right? spirit. Yeah. yeah. You see everybody else who's got that that aura of joy around them, and, and you want to be a part of that too. So it's fun to walk walk up and down Hygera and, and uh, all the little main streets of all the other towns as well. If you don't mind my interjecting, but I, I saw a report yesterday about Amazon and Whole Foods and how they bought out the Whole Foods mm-hmm. and how they promised all these dramatically lower prices. And apparently th- this report that I saw kind of said, mm, maybe not so much. Less dramatic than expected. Yeah, maybe <laughs> like they had like 14, 11 or 12,000 items at Whole Foods or something and maybe like around 200 were like dramatic, you know, a little bit less, but not dramatically less. Well, and that's, so. I think that's one of the misconceptions too with online shopping. You know, you always, I, I know with Amazon, I think Amazon, when it first was becoming this, this thing that was becoming so common, um, it really was about getting that great deal along with the convenience. And I think more and more with the prime thing, it's less about having the absolute lowest price and it's more about the convenience and the speed of delivery. Yep. Um, but I've found that, yeah, you you like go search for a product on Amazon, and the Prime product is actually a little more expensive than maybe a non-Prime um, option, and so then you're sitting there really seeing what the true cost of the the delivery service part of Amazon is. Um, so it's you're not always getting the best price. You could, I mean, it's very possible to go to a local store and get a better price um, on a product, but Amazon just has ingrained it in our minds now that. It's easy. Creatures of habit, <laughs> yeah. for sure, right? So you it's don't hard. have to leave your house, and you can literally shop for anything. Everything you could possibly need. <laughs> and it need. will be here in two days. Right. So it's, it almost feels like you have to be a little intentional with your thoughts. You do. And I, right? I, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, that That's your your vote of confidence for what this store is doing. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to spend my dollars mm-hmm. here because I think you're doing a great job, and you're providing a great um, service or product to the community and and like you said you can still find the good deals i mean yeah. even the local brick and mortar they have their sales they have their yeah. deals so it's always good to cruise through like you said do a oh, little yeah. christmas early christmas shopping see if you can spend some of that uh those hard-earned dollars yeah. in the community in the area so we can keep it local for sure everyone's yeah. going to still do their amazon shopping sure. just well. for convenience right but if we can be intentional and know that hey you know what this this is actually going to benefit the community I think that's uh, it's a good way to, to head into the, the holidays with that mindset anyway. Well, plus when you're talking about things like uh, produce and stuff like that, well, I like to be able to go down and see my bananas are actually yellow instead of when they come get diver- 
you know, delivered, they're kind of starting to turn brown. Sure. Yes. You know? and I like to be able to pick my own produce and things like that. And, and for like other that. consumer products where, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's some gadget you don't fully understand and you want to ask someone about yeah. it, on an, on with an online shopping um, you know, marketplace, you can read comments. You can learn a little bit that way, but there may not be someone with the exact same question as you that you can read about. You don't know who's actually putting these comments online. Sometimes just people who are kind of extreme. They just it's extremely good or extremely bad, and there's not a lot of the the middle of the, the road, more middle opinions. of the road, like just thoughtful opinions. Um, so that's that's one of the other things about going into an actual store is you can talk to actual people mm-hmm. who have actual real life experience and opinions, and will answer your questions directly and honestly. So there's something to be said for that. Yeah, that, that kind of stems over into a lot of areas of life nowadays, right? <laughs> yeah, it's reminding me of a conversation I had earlier this week with a few loan officers about, you know, the whole online mortgage yes. thing and yes. and what the future really means for our industry and, and can the loan officer and the realtor for that matter um, be replaced by technology, by the the online loan officer um, or or realtor, and I I just don't see it. I I still think there's enough need for the counseling and the real mm-hmm. life experience and honest opinion and and that kind of thing that um, you really just can't get from these online services. Whether it's consumer shopping, whether it's a, a mortgage service, you know, whatever it is, there's some things where you just you need counsel, you need dialogue, mm-hmm. and that's still lacking online although they're working on that too you hear about all the ai technology that's being developed now and stuff so it's so hard to replace just that human element yeah, of, i really of our think business that there's that that human element that relationship that is formed that it really takes a skill if you're a realtor or for us doing you know mortgages it takes a skill in understanding where a, a specific person is and their knowledge base and their understanding and their expectations and how they feel and what are they anxious about and what are their hot buttons and what are their concerns and what are they afraid of? If you have to understand all of that to do a really good job. And if, if you're a, a long time investor, I'm probably not going to spend a ton of time talking about the interest rate movements. And you, uh, you understand that you understand you can pay a little bit more to get a little lower rate. And there's a break even point there. And you understand those details where a first time home buyer may not know those things. Right. And so you have to know where they are in the forest to be able to lead them out. That's, that's sort of my analogy. That's a good. And knowing where they are is so important because the information that you facilitate to that person is going to be completely different yeah. from one to another. And when you go try to do a rocket loan online, they don't know the difference between the experienced, um, you know, multi-property owning investor versus mm-hmm. the first time homebuyer. Mm-hmm. The online experience when it comes to getting a mortgage is the same regardless of your experience. Right. So... It might be great for those who know all the answers to their questions and, you know, they've been here, been there, done that. But for the person who's embarking on this for the first time, they have nothing but questions and they're endless. Right. And and they need that help and they need you to be able to answer the questions when they have them. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I mean, there's certain certain 
industries and certain functions within various industries that I, I really have a hard time seeing um, the human element being replaced because there there is value with that experience. You know, even I, I always go back to the rocket loan. It's just they spend the most on advertising. They're right. everywhere. So I got to pick on Quicken. Um, you know, people often ask, well, well, what's what's the difference? Why why use a company like yours? It's local. It's here. I mean, I get that. But but Quicken offers good rates and they're so convenient. They're online. And mm-hmm. why wouldn't I use them? It's like, well, at some point, you know, you start the application process online. In fact, we try to do that as well. It, mm-hmm. it gets everything off to a faster start. Mm-hmm. Everything gets put in a digital format sooner or later anyway. So if we can get clients to start the loan process in a digital format, it just gets us to the end quicker. Um, so every mortgage company is driving customers that way now. Um, Quicken's just really good at advertising it. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually a real person gets involved, even at Quicken. Yep. You, you do have a person calling you. You have a concierge, essentially. Um, the difference... Here's where the big difference is. That concierge at Quicken is an hourly paid employee out of state, doesn't understand your market, doesn't understand your level of experience, and they might not have ever even done this process themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, they could That's be a great point. they could be a, a 20-year-old you know, and nothing wrong with young people. Young people are, are right. great. I, I'm here's your I'm sales script. Here's your sales <laughs> right, script. But they don't this have is... the experience. And I often I I sit at my desk and I get solicited all the time for advertising. Mm-hmm. And Yelp is the one that's been pretty hot on us for the last year or so. And these guys are like telling me how how advertising on Yelp can increase our business. And I I love to get those calls. I'm like. Have you ever bought a home? <laughs> oh, no, you haven't. Oh, oh yeah, you just graduated from cool school? Great, that's great. Good for you. Yelp's good, huh? And, uh, and we talk about this, and I'm like, well, here, let me tell you how a typical referral comes to us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's rarely by way of advertising. More it's, is not always better. No. I think that that's, I mean, that that's, you are often always looking at marketing and how can we get, you know, how can we get in front of more people and what's the best way that we can get our, our name out there and our, the, and it's the business model of getting advertising and collecting new clients or prospects by blasting or paying for leads. It's just, it's just a different experience. It's just a different, a completely different experience. It's all about numbers. It's all about casting that wide net. Yep. And hopefully there's a few good fish in, in there. And, and to do that, you have to spend a lot of money, mm-hmm. which means that somewhere you have to, you have to dial back the budget and where it is in those big, those big call center type shops is on the the actual person, the LO, because they've they've invested so much money in the technology and the advertising that the actual people that they have working there are are not high paid and and not experienced as we we're um, describing there. So one of the differences when you come to a company like ours, you're going to sit down in front of a real person who lives mm-hmm. in your community, understands the market that you're buying in, understands how things work and the speed of transactions and understands, you know, even probably has done business with the local realtors. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've also, I, I'm trying to think of all the people at our company. Most everyone at our company is a homeowner or has been a homeowner at some point in their lives. And so they've gone through this process and they understand it and they can um, give you their firsthand knowledge of what it's like. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's extremely valuable, especially that first time buyer. 
Yeah, and there's um, the, again, there's that human element, that relationship piece that just can't be overlooked. When when you're calling into a call center and that person has 25 calls that they have to follow up on, and you're you happen to be one of those leads or one of those calls or one of those loans that you you know you submitted an online application. If that loan doesn't happen and it's a difficult or challenging scenario, a lot of those just get put to the bottom of the pile. Yeah. And then we'll get to it later, get to it later. And these these issues or concerns are just getting put off when that's the opposite of what should be happening. What should be happening is, hey, let's find what the hurdles are. Let's bring them to the front. Let's clear them early. And let's let's do everything we can to make this transaction as smooth as possible as we work towards closing. Where the business model for a lot of these, these like you said, call centers, the complete opposite. So now you're running into these issues at closing or close to closing that could have been and should have been worked out early in the process. But again, it's just the business model. If you don't have to sit down face to face with someone, you don't have to look at their realtor in the eyes and say, Hey, listen, this is what the true story is. It's just a completely different business model, which I don't think is, I don't to take that human element out of our business completely. I think is, is just doesn't do the client justice. Just doesn't. Yeah, it it doesn't. And I, that there's, I mean, obviously I'm biased, but I'll argue all day long that the the local shops are going to be a lot better counsel. And uh, we got to this part of the conversation by talking about local retail businesses during this holiday season. So we'll just um, come full circle here and remind you that I'm going to challenge you guys, the listeners, the local members of our community, um, be thoughtful with where you're spending your dollars this holiday season. Um, you know, I know it's it's always easy and convenient to shop online, but do consider the local stores in your area that might sell the same products and and go give them a a try and see if if they might um fulfill what you're looking for at a at a similar price and it'll go a lot a lot further here in our local community um with that we're uh, getting real close here to the half hour break um so we're going to take a couple minutes to thank the sponsors I want to remind you we're live here today and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Um, it's always a better show and there's participation from the audience. Um, you can call in live to the studio. It's 543-8830, 543-8830. We'll be right back with more Mortgage Matters. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. There's a common myth that home buyers need to save a 20% down payment to buy a home. The fact is, we offer numerous zero down and low down payment loan programs. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre approved. Just call 543 Loan. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California BRE number 0183960008. California DBO number 6054783. NMLS number 328358. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. 
Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel. Mr. Grinch, you're a bad banana with a greasy black beard. All right, welcome back to Mortgage Matters. You're a monster, Mr. Grinch. We're uh, just getting in the holiday spirit here, second to last show of the year. Um, didn't do a great job of introducing the show when we first started here, so... Um, Take two? <laughs> here yeah. we go! We're going to kind of try it again. I mean, by now, you probably know you're listening to Mortgage Matters. Um, we are going to be joined in the second hour of the show uh, by a guest, a local realtor. Ted Lawton. We've got Ted Lawton. Um, Cal Coastal Properties. Cal Co- yeah, okay, great. Cal Coastal Properties. Now, Ted is the broker of the company? That's right. Excellent. Yeah, he's a, he's a fun guy. I, I we spent some time together this week, and I really enjoyed our time together. It's fun when you get an opportunity to do business with people that you like, and I, I'm excited for you guys to meet. And I think that he's going to fall into that category. Just a good all round guy that handles his family right, his community right, his business right. So I'm pretty excited to get him on the show and introduce him and have a, a conversation that second hour. Awesome. So yeah, we've we've got about a half hour here to uh, to get through a little bit of news. Okay, I um I caught a a little clip of a Alan Greenspan interview earlier this um this week. Okay, so we'll talk a little bit about um, Alan Greenspan and his thoughts on uh, the tax plan and how it might impact the Fed. Mm-hmm. Um, so first though, it was a uh, first Friday of the month, or okay. I guess last week was. Whenever that first Friday of the month is the first, we don't get the employment report until the second Friday. Um, just not enough time to compile the data from the month prior. So this was the uh, Friday of this month where we got the employment report. Um, so that's always exciting, especially next week we have a Fed meeting. So mm-hmm. this is the last employment report before the Fed meeting and uh, gives them any last bits of information to weigh before deciding whether or not to raise interest rates. Um, And what we saw was better than expected job gains. Okay. So a couple, two, three, four months ago, we had a pretty miserable um, jobs report where it was actually negative, um, negative job gains or job losses, I guess is the right way to say it. Um, since then, we've rebounded quite nicely with a couple strong months in a row. And here, um, for the month of November, we added two hundred and twenty-eight thousand, <coughs> excuse me, two hundred and twenty-eight thousand jobs during the month. Thirty-one thousand in manufacturing, twenty-four thousand in construction, nearly fifty thousand in uh, professional services. 
So a lot of a lot of positives to take from that. Um, unemployment rate was on an unchanged, still at four point one percent, and um, and those pesky wages are just um, plodding along. You know, nothing dramatic in wage growth, and that's continues to be where we want to see growth. The unemployment uh, rate itself at four point one percent is. Strong. It's a mm-hmm. good rate. You know, there's no no concerns about where unemployment the rate itself is, but the wages are just frustratingly low, um, rising only 0.2 percent for the month. And let's see here, what am I looking at? Year over is this? So as we see these, the these... year over year rate of wage growth is at 2.5 percent. It's okay. a historic low. Okay. Boy, a lot of numbers, for sure. I mean, one of the things that we're always looking at, are these numbers positive for the economy? And so we expect that if if these numbers are, are good news for the economy, positive for the economy, essentially that's that's going to, to be negative for interest rates, essentially. So if we have good economic data coming out, um, I don't know. I mean, I, it's always interesting analyzing these these numbers, these economic indicators, right? I mean, sure. there's, there's we're supposed to follow these trends when we get this information. We're supposed to predict sort of what's happening with interest rates. I feel like this time of year is a little unique. Um, the fact that that we're looking at a global economy is very important. We've got a lot of things that we're digesting as far as China's economy, tensions in North Korea. Um, we see you know, Trump declaring Jerusalem, the capital of Israel, um, possible U.S. government shutdown. I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty out there. So, you know, we have to look at these numbers and take them with a grain of salt um, and just understand that, man, there's just so much information to analyze and so much volatility. And that volatility typically means that there's a flight to safety, um, potentially maybe, you know, money flowing out of the, the stock market and maybe into the bond market, which is a little bit more of a secure investment. And that that volatility really creates a, an environment for maintaining low interest rates. So that's that's good on the home buying on the home buying front and and creating that uh, affordability for folks. What do you how do you read these numbers? What do you see? Well, with respect to the Fed and their decision next week on interest rates, I mean it's widely expected first of all that they are going to announce a, another quarter point hike to rates. And this is probably going to be relatively consistent moving forward, right? We're going to see some some small increases. Well, I think next year there's thought that the the pace of increases could increase a little bit. Could, right. could move faster. So we might see um more increases. We might see Maybe a half point increase thrown in there once right. or twice. Who right. knows? But the expectation is for rates to start rising a little bit faster. Um, I, you know, uh, again, thinking of the Fed, they have two primary objectives. Keep inflation in check or control it, keep it in a target range and um, maintain full employment. That's what they're after. And so this jobs report is front and center to them. That This is something they're very... Uh, concerned about and aware of and paying attention to. And so to see um, continued strong growth in labor and, a, and a, an employment rate, unemployment rate that continues to, to inch its way down um, to, I mean, we're, we're at acceptable levels. We're at full mm-hmm. employment. The, a, a rate of less than 5% is consistent with full employment mm-hmm. um, by their definition. So 
they're they're good, but they're they're frustrated by the wage growth because knowing that the economy is seventy percent um, consumer spending, we need a strong consumer, mm-hmm. and a consumer that doesn't have disposable income to spend is not a strong consumer. So we need to see more wage growth. Um, we know that. Things, you know, in spite of of low inflation numbers, we know things are getting more expensive. Mm -hmm. You know, I used to be able to go get a full shopping cart of groceries for about 200 bucks. Now I can go get a full shopping cart of groceries for about 300 bucks. Mm -hmm. So things are more expensive in spite of what the inflation statistics might suggest. Housing is more expensive. Rent's more expensive. Whether you're an owner or a renter, it's more expensive to live with with a roof over your head. Yep. It's more expensive to eat. Um, everything's more expensive. Healthcare, of course, is more expensive. You know, the biggest bills in your life are more expensive. I don't know about you, but my utility is more expensive. My water bill is out of control. Um, everything's more expensive. There's less disposable income. That means we have a weaker consumer. It's going to hurt GDP. It's going to hurt growth. And, and that's not good. So the Fed is paying attention, but I think that there's enough pressure... Um, to raise rates that they'll they'll do that. The economy is showing enough strength in other areas that they'll they're going to raise they're going to announce that quarter point hike next week in spite of frustratingly low wage growth. So do just this a probably a softball question for you, but I think there's this misconception that when the Fed announces a rate increase, let's say next week they do this, that automatically mortgage interest rates are going to just jump up. That is the assumption. That's the, the assumption is that when the Fed takes action, right. it, it's instantly translated into mortgage. And it's not. I mean, it can be, but it's probably in it's this particular directly. case, it, it may not. It may not. It will have a direct impact, mo- most likely, on um, lines of credit mm-hmm. and other adjustable rate instruments. Mm-hmm. So what we often see is when there's a Fed rate hike, prime goes up. that same day or the next day. Right. I expect that as soon as they make the announcement for a rate hike that we'll see banks announcing an increase to prime. So Mm -hmm. if you have an equity line, a variable um, mortgage, that's going to jump up a quarter point automatically. If you have a variable rate mortgage, those indices are also moving higher as the Fed makes moves. So your, your adjustable rate mortgage at the next adjustment will also move higher, most likely. Right. Um, it may or may not translate into higher rates on the fixed side. Right. It's kind of how the market interprets and digests the move. A lot of it has more to do with the Fed statement after the announcement than mm-hmm. the actual announcement itself. Mm-hmm. They, the, the traders and the market makers and movers are more interested in the language the Fed is using, hanging on every word and punctuation mark, and less about did they move at a quarter point or not, um, because the the language is is a signal for future action. Sure, and there's um, some forecasting happening. This, like we talked about, these these rate hikes are projected and expected. And now they're coming to fruition, right? So the the mortgage market knows this and sees the calendar and sees the Fed dates and the announcements yeah. and the meetings, and they know that these rates are probably going up. So really, midsummer is when they said, okay, you know, we're anticipating this. Let's bump rates up a little bit now ahead of the actual announcement. So we've and we've that's sort exactly of, what we've seen for the last right four weeks or so. And we've absorbed rates. we've absorbed, I think, a lot of that rate increase already. So. Yeah. 
So it, it's just an indication of what's coming. And I think you nailed it on the head. We, we, the, the types of financing that you're going to see an immediate increase are those equity lines, those adjustable rate mortgages, anything that's on a variable rate. So it's, a, it's not a bad time to take a look and see about maybe getting those locked into a fixed rate, knowing that the future is going to bring higher rates and, and higher the, payments. The pace is going to increase a little bit. It's not likely. slowing. Yep. For sure. It, Sean knows the phone number. Sean's calling from Grover Beach. I just want to quickly remind our other listeners, you can give us a call at 543-8830. Good morning, Sean. Good morning. How are you guys doing today? Doing very well. Thanks for the call. No, no problem. I've been listening to your show pretty much every weekend for a while. Good show, guys. Good job. Thank you. Uh, quick question for uh, somebody who's never bought a home before. What would you say roughly is the uh, the minimum yearly requirement on income? to buy a home anywhere near in this area? It's a great question. Um, and it has a lot to do with your consumer spending habits. If you're a consumer that carries a lot of debt, whether it's auto loans, student loans, or credit cards, or, or other, um, your income to qualify for a mortgage is, is going to need to be higher than someone who doesn't have all that consumer debt weighing them down. When we look at qualifying a buyer, we look at the housing payment to income ratio, and we also look at the total debt to income ratio. And I would say the total debt to income ratio is probably the bigger factor in qualifying for most loan programs. And usually we can get that total debt to income ratio. Um, we can get a, a borrower approved up to about a 50, 45 or 50% debt to income ratio. So you're going to look at gross monthly income. So your pre-tax income versus your debts, your, your minimum monthly payments on your debts that appear on your credit report. So if you carry balances on your credit cards, you know, likely you have a minimum monthly payment. So, you know, 25, 40, 50 bucks, something like that. That's a pretty common minimum payment we see. If you have an auto loan, those those can range pretty wi- widely from a hundred bucks a month to I, we've seen them up above a thousand bucks a month. So the auto loans one of the bigger ones that can hurt your ability to qualify. Student loans are usually pretty pretty small. So um, you know if you don't have a lot of debt and you're looking to buy that five hundred thousand dollar house with let's say you're you're one of those people that can come up with a 20% down payment you're going to finance 400 grand you're probably looking at a pay, a monthly payment somewhere in the neighborhood of let's say $2500 including taxes and insurance um you're going to need to make at least 5 grand a month to qualify assuming you have no other monthly payments but if you have any other monthly payments that income level is going to need to be higher so i'd say at the very minimum you have to have 60,000 dollars a year of household gross income very minimum. That's just to overcome the, the housing payment or, or to qualify with the housing payment. If you have any other consumer debt, you need to make upwards of 60 grand. Nice. Good to know. So, but yeah, the debt ratio thing, that's, you know, you have to have good credit. Assuming your credit you think is pretty solid, it's that debt ratio. That's, that's the primary thing that disqualifies people from mortgages is that debt ratio. So keep that 50% number in mind as you're, as you're thinking about buying. And if, uh, if you or anyone out there who's listening needs help with that planning process of buying, it's exactly what we do. It's, you know, it's something that the local loan officer will help you work through and plan for. Um, and, and budget for it. It's something that, that we always provide and it's a free service. So Yeah, that's the the quick math is that fifty percent mark. I mean, figure what your total 
monthly mortgage expense will be. And like you said, take into consideration the principal and interest. But then I think that's one thing that always gets overlooked is the property taxes and homeowners insurance. Yeah, that's part of the housing payment that we need to qualify you with. It's principal, interest, taxes, insurance, P-I-T-I. So that's the new payment on the new home that you want to buy. So kind of have that number in mind. And then you know what your monthly obligations are for your car and your credit card and whatever bank loans you have. So those monthly payments, add that to your total mortgage payment and you need to make twice twice that per right. month gross. And that, that gets you close. That gets you close. Very good. And uh, I wholeheartedly agree with you guys about keeping uh, keeping things off the internet and, and still needing people to get this these kinds of jobs done. The, the internet does not have interaction like this. You're not going to get this from a computer. Exactly. Exactly. So, Appreciate you echoing yeah. that, Sean. Yeah, no doubt. No, no, no doubt. I think Thank that's, you very much for the info. Yeah. Right. Thanks for the phone call. Thanks and, for calling and for in. Listening. I think that's one of the things that also, like you said, is that I run into, especially with self-employed borrowers. Self-employed borrowers oftentimes don't know exactly what they make as far as the guidelines are concerned. So there's always a dollar amount that you make and you spend and you write checks. And then there's an amount that maybe you talk to your CPA about that might be a little bit less, right? Because you want to you wanna limit your tax exposure and liability. Um, but the reality is it's a we have to look at the tax returns to really know what you make. We have yeah. to look at some deductions that you're taking. Um, there's some depreciation that we can add back. There's some things that that are, are detailed that we have to understand and know how an underwriter is going to look at it. Because the worst thing to do is go online, fill out a, a dollar amount that you make, and knowing that these ratios are, are a big part of qualifying or not. Mm-hmm. So it's really good to get a second set of eyes on the income that you're putting in that field to know, is that really what the underwriter is going to count? Right. Is I'm, this I'm glad you're elaborating on this. I, I'm in high, As I look back and rewind in my brain what I just said about two minutes ago, I feel like I didn't do a thorough enough job. It's real easy to self-qualify when you're a salaried individual and you make a consistent income every month. W-2 pay stubs, they're easy to, yeah, to get your gross they income. They are. When you, when you know, you know, I, I work for this employer and they pay me a W-2 of 5000 bucks a month. It's so easy to qualify you. When you get into hourly earnings, it's different. Bonus when, income. Bonus income. Commission, commission income. income. It's different. We right. need to see... We need to see more. We need to do more averaging of income. Um, so... So just because you are having a really good year this year doesn't mean that's what we get to count um, right. as there's your qualifying income. Oftentimes, there's two-year averages yeah, we have to consider. two-year averages, worst-case two-year averages um, with self-employed. Yeah, there's there's things we can add back. So you might only be showing 60000 a year in profit, but maybe your your business relies heavily on machinery, uh, you know, large depreciable assets that reduce your taxable income of your business that paper depreciation loss on your business tax return can be added back in mortgage qualification so when you get into hourly earnings or when you get into self-employed income the calculations aren't always as um intuitive or easy as you might think there's a little more to it so um but still the the debt ratio number itself still remains true it's just the calculation of income might 
might not always. And it's make important total to know because that ratio really is what drives if you qualify or not. You right. see a lot of people that make a lot of money, but if that debt obligation is also there hand in hand with that income, a lot of people are shocked and, well, I, I make $10,000 a month in income and that, that should be enough. Well, it would be if we didn't have this car payment and right. that debt obligation. And then this loan that you co-signed for, right, for one of your children, that's also on your credit report. So that's an obligation. So there's there's oftentimes things that people just don't consider um, that's going to count against them. So it's always good, like you said, to, to sit down with someone that understands that, know what those potential hurdles are, and then move forward confidently um, you know, when we're talking about pre-qualifying or buying a home, knowing, you know, where you stand is, is super important. Any realtor will tell you that too. Yeah. Yeah. Get the, uh, get the mortgage interpretation of your income. It's also, you know, when you're in this planning part of the home buying process, get your credit pulled if you've never had that done. Um, every now and then we run into someone who thinks they've done everything right. And, they didn't realize they had a late payment on something, or maybe it was not even an accurate reporting of a late payment, and we need to get that corrected. So, um, you know, it's good to understand the cash in, cash out on a monthly basis numbers and and what it takes to qualify. It's also important to know on the credit side. I I always tell people the two biggest factors in qualifying, it's your credit, it's your debt to income ratio. Mm -hmm. It's those two things. Yeah, you have to have the the money in the bank too to make the transaction happen but the things that you know we really need to analyze it's the income and the credit and there's some wiggle room there as far as like down payment right we've got different programs yeah. that allow different amounts of down payment there's now the the guidelines are pretty liberal as far as accepting a gift mm-hmm. from an employer um, from a family member. So those options and opportunities are there and available. And so they're, th- those are up for discussion. Like, how can we get creative here? How can we make this work? And sometimes when we're looking at debt ratio, there's, there's, there's not as much that we can do to, to piece things together. It's just, this is what it is. And we need to know where we stand. Are we on the right side or the wrong side of this ratio? And if you think you're on the right side and you are on the wrong side, you're going to, yeah, that's that's rough because then you start making offers when you don't necessarily qualify and you learn that once you get the loan submitted and you found your dream home, you put your down payment, you know, money aside and you've written the check to secure that property and and then realize later, oh, dang, we didn't analyze this property. Now we've got a problem. Mm-hmm. That's that's not something that you want to get into. It's best to to figure these things out early in the process or before you even get into the house. Really. <laughs> right. Um, before uh, Sean's call we were talking a little bit about the employment situation how it was a strong employment report probably going to be not not that the fed needed any additional fuel to to make an, another quarter point rate hike this at, at next week's meeting but it sure doesn't hurt their um the decision that they're going to make most likely i think it's a it's about a 90 percent expectation that they're going to raise rates um, but probably more importantly is is if they give us any clues about the pace of future rate hikes yep um, not a lot of other market moving news this week. Um, but I, I think the other hot item that really ties into the economy is probably the tax plan that's being debated through, um, the Senate and the house and, um, making its way with, you know, negotiations and various things. I, I alluded to it earlier. I caught a, a little snip of, um, Alan Greenspan on CNBC talking about, the tax plan, how it might impact the Fed, 
how it might impact the economy. And um, I thought I liked getting Alan Greenspan's take. He's um, he's not a, the current chairman. In fact, he's too removed. He served under both um, both Republican and Democratic presidents. So, um, you know, in this uh, political climate where everything's so polarizing, I feel like Greenspan's uh, someone that hopefully most people can appreciate the opinion of um, since he served under um, both, both, oh, sorry, both uh, Republican and Democratic presidents. So can we play that clip? This is the first time I've ever tried playing a clip on the air. <laughs> this particular period, as Alan Simpson and his colleague, Ersingen Bowles, wrote in the Washington Post recently, this is a terrible fiscal situation we got ourselves into. Uh, the administration is doing a tax cut and a spending decrease, but he's doing them in the wrong order. What we need right now is a focus wholly on reducing the debt, the, uh, even the debt increase. Uh, right now, we're in a stage, if nothing is changed, we're about to go from stagnation to stagflation with a significant rise in inflation and a wholly significant imbalance uh, in the economy, uh, which is very difficult to anticipate at this stage, but the outlook is not exactly uh, terrific. Uh, you've been uh, on this path for a while now. We've been waiting for the flation part of your stagflation. There we go. All right. So, yeah, I, I just found the insight there to be um, to be good. I, I, I like getting someone who I think is politically neutral. I mean, you know, everyone has their opinions, but I feel like we got a politically neutral opinion here about how the tax plan might impact the economy, how it might impact Fed policy going forward. And I think the big takeaway here, the big fear is that if we get into this environment where we start seeing inflation take off, that you know, could we enter this period of stagflation, which stagflation is a situation where we have high inflation rate, uh, slowing economic growth and um, high unemployment. The high unemployment doesn't seem like that could necessarily um, be an issue, but slow growth with high inflation, I think, is the big worry here. Um, so I guess... You know, this Fed meeting next week is is important in understanding the pace of their likelihood of future rate hikes. Um, but it doesn't. I, I mean, do you have thoughts here? I'm I'm trying to formulate mine. Um, I know as far as the tax plan goes, there's been estimates that it could be as high as um, it could result in as high as a trillion dollar annual deficit. Mm -hmm. So that's a problem. I mean, right now, what we're sitting somewhere north of twenty trillion dollars of debt. Right. Um, Adding a million dollars or a trillion dollars a year to that's not a good situation. Right. Um, ideally, we want to pay our debts, right? Say, that's what we're always led to believe as we grow up. You want to pay your debts? It sounds like <laughs> there's a lot of uncertainty even in, in the comments that he made. So I think that that uncertainty is part of the concern a little bit. Um, I mean, inflation is not good for long-term interest rates. We know that. So anytime we, we hear the inflation word, we start to anticipate 
okay, there's going to be a shift in the bond market and potentially we're going to see some higher interest rates. And so when we we hear that inflation word, that always makes me cringe a little bit when we talk about long-term interest rates. But again, there was there was a lot of, of like I said, uncertainty with that comment. And I think that the how the Fed, the, the, the talk of, like you said, the Fed minutes that are going to come out and the notes to what the future holds is really going to drive where these interest rates go. I mean, that, that's what I think is going to ultimately happen. But it's always good to hear from Alan. I mean, obviously, he was in charge for a long, long time, very knowledgeable, and his concerns, I think, are very valid. Yeah. I mean, very valid. I mean, overall, sounded like wasn't necessarily disagreeing with the idea of, of cutting taxes or, or doing this, but was like, hey, maybe we need to focus on paying down debt before we start cutting taxes. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to digest with the, the new tax laws. Yeah, and, and so much of it's, come in. I feel like, I mean, none of it's final, so it's all subject to negotiation and, and future and, and additional debate and stuff like that. So none of it's certain, and, and there's two different plans being negotiated right now. So we don't know what it's actually going to be. So there's a lot of uncertainty there. And it's still, you know, it's hard to think that we could enter this environment of runaway inflation when we can't seem to get inflation up to the target we want it to get to anyway. So mm-hmm. why are we worried about inflation not only exceeding the target we can't get to, but then going above and beyond and being frustratingly high? It's hard to imagine that, but it'll be interesting to see if something could shift where all of a sudden we do see inflation bump up higher, faster, farther than expected, um, that that wouldn't be a good situation. Can our market, our real estate market, even handle significantly higher interest rates? Or can consumers handle significantly higher inflation? What would happen to the consumer when we're, we're just talking about lack of wage growth? Um, There's also some things written in there that, that are potentially going to have an impact on what a homeowner can write off. So that's going to be relatively significant. So one of the the big big things is the interest expense. That's one talking point. But from from looking at the numbers, that may be less significant less significant than we initially think. And maybe the what I'm reading is the property tax being able to write off property taxes. If that goes away, that, I think that's going to be really significant for a lot of homeowners. Yeah, it definitely would be, especially on the um, expensive coasts, which we see here. Right, home <laughs> right. prices are a little bit higher. Right. Um, All right, we're getting forced out into that top of the hour break. It's 10 o'clock. Refresh the coffee. Take a quick break. We're going to take about five minutes, and we'll be back with more Mortgage Matters. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. Happy birthday! Frosty the snowman was a jolly happy soap. With a corncup pipe and a button nose and two eyes made out of coal. Frosty the snowman, he's a fairy tale they say. He was made of snow, but the children know how he came to life one day. That must have been All right, welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters. <laughs> it's one of the things the kids miss here, right? 
A little snow? Yeah. yeah exactly. Could have caught it yesterday in Atascadero. It's cold up there, huh? They, uh, well, bad. it's cold, but they bring the... Uh, at, at the sunken gardens, they bring in the ice trucks with their 20-pound bags of ice, and they feed them into some wood chipper-looking thing and <laughs> start shredding ice into snow. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> dangerous. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> they have little insurance? snowball fights and... Yeah, there's it's a it's a fun time for the family. Um, you so. actually get flakes, like soft snowflakes. I mean, it's I don't know it's that I want to fall real hard right. in okay. it or something. Okay. But yeah, okay. I mean, it's see, I grew up in Colorado. It's not like that, right? It's not that fluffy, dry snow. It's, okay, um, it's yeah. not frosty snow. It's more of a it's a wetter snow. <laughs> <laughs> right. It quickly binds and right. hardens and right. um yeah. Great for snowball fights for the <laughs> great, kids. Right? Great for yeah. Yeah. You might want to arm your kids with a helmet, you know, CTE is a thing. Oh jeez. <laughs> so yeah. Um yeah. I always go out to Colorado for Christmas, which is always fun. That like I said, that's where I grew up grew up. So my sister's there, her family and kids, my parents are still there. So we go out for a couple weeks every Christmas and that's inevitably nice. that Colorado weather it changes constantly and so at some point during that two week period mm-hmm. we get a, a nice hefty dumping of snow which is always fun to get out there mm-hmm. and just participate in the the christmas festivities like it should be you know some yeah. snowmen some igloos a little tubing like go to the local hill you're and, building igloos huh yeah. oh yeah you're you you advanced really in colorado for real man, i could build yeah. a snowman but oh, an igloo uh, yeah that's advanced it's so easy just a big pile of snow <laughs> and a cup you just go to town just start scooping okay. that sucker out <laughs> all right all right but yeah good times for sure well, i miss that here in yeah. california yeah. you know our our winter weather is is slightly different. It is a little different. Slightly different. Yeah. We've got a guest this hour. We sure do. Ted's here from Cal Coastal Properties. Ted Lawton. Welcome, Ted. Thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. There we go. Absolutely. Let's ah, get you. There, we go. there he is. He's <laughs> Hard live to be on now. the radio when you're not on. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Over here, guys. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So thank you. Thanks. Uh, I really appreciate the opportunity here. To, to join the show and what you guys are doing is really special. Uh, the last uh, last portion of the segment was really technical. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if <laughs> if uh, if I can be that technical with you guys, but I'm definitely happy to be here today. Um, you know, I might be a little underdressed for your audience. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's great about radio. We all have our radio. <laughs> We're all suits wearing on. suits and ties. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, you know, initially when Jason invited me to to be to participate on the show. You know, I was a little hesitant at first because I couldn't imagine why anybody would want to hear anything I have to say. So <laughs> <laughs> we thought the same thing. <laughs> but no, now, that's... now that I'm here, I'm going to have to put a disclaimer. <laughs> if you guys actually knew what I was going to talk about, you wouldn't have invited me in the first place. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, not uh, true. We we need some callers in. I think for true. Ted, I, I, it's always nice when we get a local realtor on that has the experience and knowledge that Ted has. So. Mm. If you have any questions, uh, you know, give us a call, 543-8830. We'll be here for the next hour, and Ted is ready for your questions. So give <laughs> sure. us a call. Sure, yeah. And in fact, I'd challenge uh, some of our past clients and some of our uh, agent partners. Feel free to call in. Uh, I'd love to talk to you. I'd love to help answer any questions you, got, you guys might have. Absolutely. Perfect. So, Ted, you're the broker of Cal Coastal Properties, is that right? Yes, yes, I am. All right. Um, I always like uh, when we get uh, new people in on the radio just to hear a little bit about your background, how you, um, 
you know, are you from the area or did you come here um, for school or any other reason? And then how did you get into the real estate industry? Yeah, sure. I, absolutely. I'm not big about talking about myself, but uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll try to do my best here. Um, I grew up on a small island uh, in the Bay Area uh, named Alameda or called Alameda. And um, after high school, you know, I looked for what I thought was the best engineering school around that I could afford. And uh, that brought me to Cal Poly. So for, fortunately, I landed here at Cal Poly, fell in love with the area. Uh, after I graduated, uh, I had an amazing opportunity to work for Pulte Homes. They're actually one of the largest residential home, home builders in the nation. And uh, had a ton of fun. Moved down to San Diego with a great group of guys and uh, had a, just a, a blast building homes. You know, we did... Oh, like about 200 plus unit housing tracks and I uh, learned a lot about construction, uh, fell in love with, with projects. And that kind of brought me into the real estate in, industry. At the time, I didn't realize that that's what was going on. <laughs> I was just having fun building houses. But, um, as I kind of matured with my experience, um, it, you know, obviously it was, is connected. So, um, and you got into commercial real estate a little bit. Yeah, so it's so so as I was doing this building, I had, I had a friend who had a mortgage company, and um, he started looking at some opportunities to do some development financing, some more of like private equity side, and he still always asked me questions. So in doing so, <clears throat> it started becoming so regular that he just offered me an opportunity to kind of partner with him, and um, by doing that. You know, I uh, was able to start working with clients, other builders and developers, finding ways to help fund their projects. And uh, one of the developers over over about a year time uh, kept saying, hey, someday you're going to come join our group. You know, kept trying to make an offer to me. And finally, one day the offer was so sweet, I, I couldn't mm-hmm. turn it down. So he gave me a pretty large equity position in the company and um, amazing opportunity we did something that that we called at the time we coined Gucci houses. So okay. pretty amazing houses. You know these houses were uh, what you'd see in, in Architectural Digest. You know this they're beautiful. In the the model the formula that we used was we would look for an old maybe uh, two thousand square foot house and we'd purchase for maybe about two million. And then we'd come in and we would maximize the square footage, the allowable square footage to build. Uh-huh. And we we try to reach about six to eight thousand square feet. Jeez, this is on a single family home. On a single family home. <laughs> so you, you you guys you gotta you gotta realize this is like Laguna Laguna Beach. Sure. This is La Jolla. It wasn't Gucci. The Gucci was right. the Prado. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's changed now, right? <laughs> so it was, it was really cool. You know, we, we'd, we'd put two in on the purchase, another six on the build, and then we'd try to target about a 14 to 16 purchase, you know, on the purchase price. So <laughs> it, it was incredible. We were doing stuff that you could only dream of as, 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 as a builder or an architect. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, 2008 hits. And just things changed overnight. Yeah. You know, all the underwriting guidelines, uh, just the availability of capital was just gone. So, uh, again, I had another opportunity. I went and worked for a company called Floor. Um, Floor, they're one of the largest uh, um, engineering contractors in the world. Uh, They're like a Bechtel or a Parsons, if if anybody's familiar with Mm -hmm. with them. And uh, I joined their oil and gas division, uh, did a bunch of refinery-type projects, expansions, and um, was really interesting work, a little dangerous, but uh, <laughs> interesting. 
And then an opportunity at Floor opened up, and I worked on the Bay Bridge. So, oh, so you know, they, cool. Yeah, the new Oakland. Yeah, yeah, Bay Bridge. So, did that for a few years. Uh, pursued a master's in construction management from uh, Cal State Hayward. I guess now it's East East Bay. And in doing so, a director from uh, CBRE uh, was there, and uh, again. I found myself in a similar position where someone was saying, hey, why don't you come work for us? And an opportunity opened up with them, and uh, I started working with their um, asset services and their their variable project groups and really opened my world up um, considerably to building the building industry and was running projects, uh, industrial projects, um, large retail projects, manufacturing projects, R&D projects, Mm -hmm. database, you know. I mean, you name it, uh, Class A office building downtown San Francisco. You know, I'm, I'm putting window washing rigs on uh, on the headquarters for like Union Bank. And it's just thing, things are fun. They're interesting. You know, I was running projects from Alaska to Hawaii, um, all, all over. And once my wife and I had our third child, um, she didn't want me. <laughs> away as much right so, you know need so, a little help over here yeah, yeah. <laughs> need a little help so I waving could, the flag <laughs> so, so i scratch my head and it's like okay we we definitely need to make a change and um part of the strategy was to uh to have me become locals is to start a real estate company and and about how long ago did you start cal coastal properties so so I, i've had a license the broker license since 2010 okay you know i knew i always wanted to do my own construction, my own projects, my own building. But uh, so I got a general contractor's license and the real estate broker's license uh, as a way to do that. And so really we looked at it. We looked at, well, why don't we use this, the real estate broker's license? And um, we just started out small. We just wanted to help our friends and our, mm-hmm. and, and our family. And um, in doing so, we ha- had a great opportunity to have some amazing agents uh, who wanted to partner with us. And so we said, yeah, well, why not? And kind of out of that, that's where this Cal Coastal Properties was born. Very cool. So, um, uh, really, we had we had a, a lot of inspiration from our agent partners. So that's great. There's a common theme that's, there. It seems like everywhere you work, people want to work with you. I know. I was just going to say, <laughs> I don't know why. A vote of confidence for <laughs> what you're doing. Yeah, that, without a doubt. Whether by design or or not, you know, you're you're doing things right, and clearly, it's sure. it's uh, affecting uh, the people around you and. You know, they're a, yeah. motivating them to motivate you. It's, sure. it's pretty inspiring, actually. It's a testament to, I think, who Ted is. I mean, I, I, I through getting to know you even just more this week and preparing for the radio show, I was telling Dan just what a, a good guy you are. Oh, like, you. it's always nice to work with people that you enjoy working sure. with. And it's nice when you've got someone that is – this is what I think is super valuable is when you've got experience in different sides of, of real estate. Sure. And so you understand things from the builder side, mm-hmm. from the financing side, mm-hmm. from um, a lot of different angles, which allows you to, I think, see some of these these problems that we're constantly having to solve, maybe from a slightly different perspective. And that experience just makes you so valuable. But then you, you put into place, like you said, hardworking, um, you've, the people that you've worked with and been around, 
it kind of reminds me of like when a, a football coach gets let go, right? And then he he gets a new job with a, a, a new team. And what is he? The first thing he do, he does is he brings the people around him that he wants to work with, that he's been successful with. And you know, when you're you're in that position and working with these companies, and then they kind of come to you on the side and say, "Hey, why don't we do this together? Why don't we sure. do that together?" You've got these agents saying, "Hey, you know, I really like your business model and what you're doing." Um, I think it just says a lot about you and who you are. So that, 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 I think that's important and valuable for sure. Yeah, well, well thank you for, for your kind words. Um, I've never really looked at it that way, but I, I really appreciate it. Uh, one thing that I can say, you know, the, kind of the driving force behind Cal Coastal Properties and why we've been so successful is, um, is the fact that we, we have this heart to serve, mm-hmm. right? I, and I think if you meet any of our agents and you spend some time with them, You'll get a sense of that right away. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't have any real magic formula to our success, other than maybe you know hard work, a commitment, dedication, honesty is, is big. Um, but really, it's it's having that heart heart to serve, and really our core values at Cal Coastal Property is that we want to positively impact and better the lives of our friends, families, and neighbors. That's ex- that's exactly what we do. And I got to tell you, we look for any opportunity we can in a transaction or in the relationship to uh, to positively, you know, bring a lasting impression. You know, we look for that opportunity. Hey, you know, w- w- what's the challenge with the property, or what challenge is our do our clients have? And then finding a way to step in and fill it. And I was thinking about it the other night, actually. It's like, you know, how, how do you how do you kind of Put that in perspective. Well, think about if you were to go buy a used car, mm-hmm. right? And you go, you go to the used car, the car dealer, and you bring in your car that, that you're going to trade in. And the dealer comes out and, sa- and says, we did an assessment on, on your, the, your trade-in, and we noticed that, you know, your tires are bald. Mm-hmm. You're going to need new tires, you know, or uh, there's, there's something wrong with the engine. And you say, you know what? We appreciate you. We care about you so much. We're actually going to uh, going to just take care of that for you. We're going to replace those tires. Just why we, we want to serve you, right? And it's just it's just really powerful. Like mm-hmm. when's, when's the last time you walked into a, a yeah? That car doesn't that, happen. First yeah, of all, yeah, right. <laughs> that is exactly. this magical scenario just doesn't happen. But I think that's the point you're trying to make, yeah. right? Yeah. So 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 something, and I'll talk about this a little bit a little bit more in depth later. But something that we do that that we've learned to do uh, as as our business model for success is is um, people have, have a lot of uh, anxiety around mm-hmm. the yep. purchase of a home. And a lot of times we find that the anxiety is like, okay, well, once we close, everybody goes away. Right. So what we like to do is step in and say, look, when you guys close, our whole team is going to be here for you. you know, we call it client appreciation day. We schedule them. We do client appreciation days. We, we get the whole team out or whoever's available, and we'll help you during that transition, whether it's, hey, we're going to help move boxes into the house we're going to clean the house. We're going to paint the house. Whatever it is that that the client needs, you know, we'll, we'll step in and just serve. We have that heart to serve, and, and I think that really sets us apart from, you know, your traditional mm-hmm. real estate brokerage firm. Mm-hmm. I bet you and your staff must really sweat when when your client <laughs> wants to buy a fixer upper, and you're like, <laughs> "There's a limit to what we'll do." Uh, you know, it's I, funny you say that because when I go. when I met with Ted this week, he he showed me some videos of, and that's this is what I like about Ted is it's not lip service, right? You hear a lot of these these. This is our vision statement. This is our mission statement. This is this is how we do things, and then it, it's sort of that that over promise and under 
under deliver situation that a lot of people get into. Yeah, can't do that. And what's great about Ted is he, you know, he, he says all these things, right? And you're like, okay, that's great. That's what everyone typically says. But then he, he pulls open his phone and shows me some of the videos. And this is what I'm laughing with Dan is literally they're in there with the kids, like bring the kids in for, kitchen demo day and they've got hammers and they're busting out busting out old cabinetry and taking out countertops and doing landscaping i mean this is this is a real thing that is wow. really happening with this awesome. so it's not yeah and so when i i see that i kind of get excited because again it's not just lip service it's it's, it's and you're doing something that is it's great to throw a $500 credit towards a client because that's going to, you know, pay for their appraisal. Um, to do things like that is important, right? Because it's put some money in our, on our account. But the, the real value is in that relationship, right? The real value is not only are we going to say that this is important, but then we're going to follow through and actually do some things that are going to show you. And if you've got a wife, you understand how that relationship works, but it's very yeah. similar to that, right? Like you say you're going to do these things, but then you got to step up and actually do them. And Ted has that worked into his business model where that day actually comes. When that house closes, you guys are stepping up and saying, cool, we're going to call on the, the, the local community. We're going to call on past clients. We're going to call on my kids. We're going to come out. We're going to move the boxes. Yeah. We're going to do the things that we need to do to make this transition easy and memorable. And you're going to, they appreciate that. I mean, that, that's a real thing that people don't just get. I mean, you're the only realtor that I've heard of that has that program in place. And yeah. I think it's impressive and powerful. I keep thinking of, you know, these things that you're taught in real estate, like how important it is to stay in front of your past clients because mm-hmm. the buy, you know, mm-hmm. the, the recurrence of that client is so long in our industry. It's what five to seven years, I think is the, right. the average cycle of a client. So you have to try to stay in front of them. I can guarantee that you don't have that problem. <laughs> you with, with the client appreciation days that you're talking about, the, the program that you have, um, you're burning into your clients' minds, your company and your faces and your the the caring that you guys are giving back to that client. Um, they're never going to forget you. <laughs> <That's>... Yeah, yeah <laughs> and, and you know it's it's interesting. It definitely is. It's definitely a family affair, right? Yeah, we we get the whole family involved. We want our kids to to grow up and learn to have that same kind of heart, right? To serve. Yes, yes. it's it's so powerful, and, and you know it makes it so fun. Right when it's the whole family who's who's able to pitch in, and I got to tell you this that last example I showed you, we pulled out I think it was twelve uh, truck and trailer dump loads out <laughs> oh of this property. Gosh. Wow! It was a, it was the, the true fixer upper, and in one day we cleared the entire property for them. We, wow! We pulled we pulled about I think it was like ten or twelve full dump trailers. Uh, we demoed the entire kitchen for him. Uh, we came in, we cleaned as much of the property as we could. And, and I got to tell you, too, um, one of our agents, Brandy Dotson, her husband uh, is a general contractor. It's uh, Eli Dotson with Eli Dotson Construction. And, you know, he, he showed up at like 7 in the morning with mm-hmm. all the equipment ready to go. So it's really cool that we, we, we also have other partnerships, too, that we bring into these um, client appreciation days to, to help out. So, and also we, we invite our past clients, right? Because we've done it for them. They want to do it for, our, for others. So we really try to create the sense, this, this network, this sense of community that when you're working with us, it, it is a very special experience. That's great. I, I love hearing that kind of stuff. I love, um, I love what you're doing. I think you're, you're doing business the right way. And I can only imagine it's going to repay you tenfold. So keep it up and, 
Um, I, it is 1026, so I do want to take a quick break. Um, maybe when we, when we come back, we can shift gears a little bit and talk more about local markets and okay. kind of get your thoughts on what 2018 has in store sure. for, for real estate and for our local community. So um, let's do that. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Uh, I do want to remind you out there um, – our listeners, we're we're live. We're here in the studio, and we'd love to answer your questions if you have any. You can give us a call at 543-8830, 543-8830. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Mortgage Matters. To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KBEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. There's nothing like the euphoric feeling you get when you find the perfect home. The last thing you want is the embarrassment of discovering you don't qualify. It can actually cost you your deposit. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California BRA number 018-39608. DBO number 6054783. MLS number 328358. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. Oh, there's no place like home for the holidays. Because no matter how far away you roam, When you pine for the sunshine of a friendly gaze For the holidays you can't beat home, sweet home I met a man who lives in Tennessee All right, welcome back. He was heading for we're on the home stretch here, Mortgage Matters, second to last show of the year. Happy to be with you. Hopefully you're making some progress on that Christmas shopping. It's, uh, it's almost it's about two weeks away, guys. Two weeks oh, away. Geez. I haven't even stopped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 What are you talking about? <laughs> two weeks away. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, we are, uh, we're joined here. In the studio uh, by Ted Lawton. He's the broker of Cal Coastal Properties. Um, 
learning some interesting things about their business model. It's a it's a fantastic business. I'm loving what I'm hearing so far. I love the the program of helping clients uh, with that move in part of the the home buying process. I don't know that anyone looks forward to that. So the more help, the merrier. That's <laughs> mm-hmm. a great a great service. Yeah, many hands make light work. It for leaves sure. that lasting impression on clients and. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just I love what I'm hearing so far. Also learning about just more about the business itself and, you know, very um, modern approach to the office environment, it sounds like. Sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. we're, we're doing, you know, like you said, you walk into most real estate offices, they're they're kind of like ghost towns. Sure. A lot of desks, a lot of chairs, not a lot of people. Oh, yeah. No one's ever – no, you don't ever find somebody in a real estate office. No. Even on the weekends, it's a, it's always – it seems to be empty. So. I mean you got to be out there. You got to know what the inventory is exactly. like. You're exactly. showing clients' property, yep. You know, making phone calls. You don't necessarily need to be at a desk to do that. No. So it, you guys do it a little different. Yeah, we, we, we do do it different. Um, we currently don't have a physical <laughs> office. But the reason why we do that is because we'd rather give better splits to our – Agent partners make some happy agents. Sure. They're happy to do a, a great job for their clients because they know they're going to be rewarded for it at the end. Yeah, and and honestly, the way that you know kind of business is going, it's it's starting to become a little more casual in a sense where people like to meet at coffee shops and or at, at a, neutral other, grounds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, for for right now, we we think that we'd rather give our agent partners a better commission split. Go ahead. Yeah, but I, I wanted to kind of get back to this idea about our, our our programs and platforms. And so, yeah, so one of the programs that we run is is the Client Appreciation Day. But we have some other really amazing platforms that I don't really see other um, offices doing. Uh, that is that's a huge benefit to our clients. And um, so one one of them is we do a home um, a home renovation partnership. So right now, if you look at the condition of homes on the market. For one, the inventory is pretty low, mm-hmm. um, and the inventory that we have is in just really rough shape, right? So anything that comes on the market that's halfway decent, just it's gone pretty pretty quickly. And what we find is a lot of our sellers, they don't really want to put that money up front. It's a little kind of a, it's 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 a risk for them, right? Mm-hmm. So what we do is we come alongside and we partner with them and we we'll say, okay, we'll take on the we'll take on the the responsibility. For the renovation, we'll manage it. We'll partner with you, and what we do is at closing, we'll use the proceeds of the closing to to pay off the cost. So what this allows for hmm. is it allows uh, the clients to not have to come out of any come out of pocket with any money to get the renovation work that needs to be done on the home com- in order to get it completed, sold, and and now guess what? We're selling it at a higher price point. Interesting, and we're selling it instead of it being like a thirty, sixty, ninety day kind of on the market, it'll be gone in the first week. Yeah. That's interesting. A lot of, I think most people think about this process that, you know, you would try to sell the home as is and let the buyer, you know, do those improvements and stuff. Leaving a lot of money on the table. Yeah. It it might um, leave a little money on the table and also just, you're not getting the attention Mm -hmm. that you want for that property. If there's deferred maintenance or just some obsolescence, some of, of the property somehow just doesn't flow well or whatever. And you could do simple fixes, definitely get more attention, get those little modern finishes that people like. Sure. And then, you know, and, and, and we're, we're not talking about much. I mean, most properties that we look at is, you know, if you put another 20 to 30 in, you would get that back and then some right and mm-hmm. and you'd, you'd sell it within a week. 
That's so, cool. So, so that's 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 one of the um, programs that we're doing. You know, another another program that we do is, is we do workshops. Uh, we have a great home buyers workshop. Uh, we have a great investor. We're putting together a great investor workshop and a great uh, sellers workshop. Really, you know, the home the home buyers workshop right now is we've been focused on has been extremely successful. And uh, you know, one of the things that we do as an agent is, and even in the mortgage industry as well, but it's it's having to break through some of these limiting beliefs. And so what what we try to do is we try to help uh, the average renter uh, get out of a renting situation because it's it's a losing some game, mm-hmm. you know. And we so always this, describe it as you're paying a hundred percent interest. Yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> right. Exactly. You're not building any equity when you pay rent, <laughs> and you don't get to deduct that from your taxes. <laughs> right. By the way, yeah, it's just yeah, pure expense. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and and so what we do is we really challenge. So really, the the goal is is to take a renter out of a rental scenario and trade into a home ownership scenario for about the same price or less is, mm-hmm. is really the goal. And um, you know, the the way that we do this is we have a real powerful slide. And it says, do you save to buy or do you buy to save? Mm-hmm. It's a really kind of simple concept, right? Do mm-hmm. you save to buy? Do you buy to save? Most people think, that, oh, I need to save money in order to buy a house. And so what we say is, okay, if we run with that, let's say you want to save 10% on like a, a $500,000 house. And, you know, the average renter or even family say, okay, let's say you could save 1000 a month. Some that might be even a stretch, right? right. Yeah, we'll say let's just say you a thousand a month. How long is it going to take you? Only right? fifty months, right? 50 That's months. just a little over four years, <laughs> right? A little over four years. <laughs> or what if you did? What if you purchase a home during that time with zero down, zero money out of pocket over the same duration? You know what? What would that look like in principle and in, in equity? Right. And so that number is extremely powerful because depending on your interest rates and your credit scores and and a couple other things, you know, you really you come out around a one forty to one hundred and fifty thousand dollar number versus, uh, you know, a fifty thousand dollar number. And then we ask how much of that uh, came out of your pocket and was your savings versus you just buying down and getting some appreciation, you know, it's extremely powerful. And so once you once we put it in the right context. I think it really changes. We break that limiting mindset and it really changes like, oh, wow. Um, and quite honestly, there's some really amazing government programs out there that will allow you to do this. Mm-hmm. So we we find the same thing. We find that um, that people who are interested in buying a home too often disqualify themselves without even getting the professional counsel they need right. to truly find out what right. what they could potentially do. And so I... I Definitely appreciate the approach you have. We try to do the same thing at our company and encourage people to come in and get pre-qualified first. Um, It's free. You know, you get this analysis for free. It doesn't take a long time either. You bring in two years of tax returns, recent pay stubs and bank statements, and pretty quickly we can tell you what you would actually qualify for because we we were talking about it earlier you get into hourly earnings you get into commission income uh you get into bonuses self-employment there's a lot of things people don't understand about how we view that income sure the bottom line isn't always 
um, what we qualify you with. Oftentimes, there's things we can add back to your income because it's just a paper loss mm-hmm. that we don't care about in qualifying. We can show you that, no, you can truly afford this home. It's not as expensive monthly as you might think. Um, and the tax benefits of having that interest deduction or property tax deduction um, will even tip the scales further into that decision of do I continue renting or do I buy? Sure. So yeah, I'm right in line with you. And I, I think another one of the limiting beliefs that we, we have to overcome is this idea about, you know, where we're at in the market, right? So for, for a first time buyer, you know, that really that entry level, you know, oh, when's the right time to buy? Well, if you're renting, it's now. Now is always the right time to buy. Uh, one of our agent partners is a great example. Uh, Rich Nemling, great guy. Uh, we love Rich. Big heart to serve. Hard worker. Tied into the local community. Good you know, softball player. Yeah, good softball. There you go. Yeah. So you know Rich. You <laughs> yeah. know Rich, right? Yeah. Everybody knows Rich. So, um, you know, he bought in 2008, right, at the top of the market. And uh, so I was asking about it. So, Rich, how did that work out for you? <laughs> you know, and he said. Wait, when he, were you asking? Was it 2009? <laughs> no, 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 no. Just no. duck after so, you ask that no. question. <laughs> it, so, so, so I guess I got I to caveat this, right? So if you're, if you're a, a new buyer getting in the market, getting out of rent, as long as you're, as long as you're looking at it as like a five-year play, um, you're gonna be you're gonna be fine no matter what what's happening, right? Right. Um, you, you may be a little more, a little less, but if you ask Rich today, hey, how did you do? He he has you know three hundred thousand dollars in equity, and he, and you ask him, he said he says, I wish I would have bought two. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? <laughs> so um, so yeah, I mean you know, so if if you're renting, it's always it's the right time to buy is always now, just because of the huge benefit that you get from home ownership. Being able to pay down principal, uh, ride some appreciation, and take advantage of, of the tax incentives. So I just I just, I just wanted to share that as well because because I, I know that you know for a lot of people who are listening right now or thinking about maybe buying houses, they're a little little shy because of oh well where where are we at in the market cycle? Right, we've right. had how many years sure. of of above average appreciation? Sure. So sure. when are we going to reach that top? We talk about this topic so often on this show, and I can't justify this idea of any kind of bubble or any kind of significant downturn in prices um, because the demand is just still so high. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea that this millennial generation is just reaching home buying age. And as they continue to get a little older and a little more established in their careers, they're going to continue to put more pressure on the demand side of this housing equation mm-hmm. that's so imbalanced right now. I yeah. don't see how that, you know, those future buyers coming down the pipe here are going to um, ease the the demand of, bur- uh, of housing and ease that burden. So I just don't see that, you know, because we, we hear it. We hear people call in and talk about, you know, is there potential for, for housing to move the other way? I just don't see it. I can't justify it. Do you have a different opinion? Um, so I, I you know, <laughs> I don't have a crystal ball, right? Yeah, you know, none of I, us do. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm not really good good about uh, you know forecasting or or projecting. Uh, you know, the one thing that I would say is is uh, if you look at data, I'm really big about data, and so it's, let's t- let's check out data and let's see what data has done in the past, right? I think if you could see what what the data or information tells us about the past as far as cycles and 
and um, th- these types of things. I think it gives a pretty good indicator about what the future will look like. Um, you know, that that being said, you know, if you do, you know, if, so if you look at that data and you compare it to what we're seeing, you know, signs, you know, economic signs now, um, you know, I, I think what we've noticed, at least recently, is um, definitely the the top end of the market. We, we have seen we've seen a softening, uh, to, to be quite honest, in, in my opinion, so, on the more expensive properties. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and I guess I, I need to clarify. So, yeah, anything a million, a million plus. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't have as many buyers. You know, it's, it's just it's not moving as, as fast. Mm-hmm. At least that's what the research that I'm looking at. The data information is showing. But uh, like you said, on the on the lower half of the market, those, that first time, uh, there there is there just is not enough inventory, and I think a lot of that is attributed to the fact that when we did go through that downturn in '08, you know '07, '08, '09, it was it was we we cut so far in, like we cut so far down, mm-hmm. like all the building, all the permits. I mean, it just stopped, and it stopped for a few a few years. If yeah, not more, nearly a decade, right? And so. Unfortunately, what's that? What that has caused is this shortage. We didn't we didn't really get enough inventory built. We overbuilt, and now we have severely underbuilt. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, if you look at past cycles, we we always tend to we tend to go up, and then we tend to correct. But when we correct, we we just because of our our nature as, as humans is uh, we're very emotional. We tend to overdo it, and so I think the response to the overbuilding. Was this huge, severe uh, undercut, and um, and unfortunately, we're st- we're still feeling the effects of it today. And I think it's something that is going to continue, you know, uh, in the future, and especially here in San Luis Obispo County. Um, unlike some other counties, San Luis Obispo County has been really conservative to their approach to growth, which is which is great, right? It really helps hold the value of a community. Sure, I I, I do have an appreciation for it, mm-hmm. um, but I think that. Because of this, and then you add that because of that, and you add that on to the the overcorrection, um, it really kind of leaves us into we're in the situation we are now mm-hmm. with just a severe shortage. Yeah, and it, it's nice to see that there's some bigger projects that are mm-hmm. picking true. up steam true. and getting to the groundbreaking phase and Very stuff. True. We were talking about this this week in the office. There's, mm-hmm. I mean, from the different projects I'm hearing about, there's, I mean couple thousand prop units at least in the works and there's a couple projects that are breaking ground a few hundred you know plus unit projects breaking ground so there is building going on now i mean we're building now but it's we're catching up from it's, a, it's a, a decade a, of shortage exactly it's 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 only gonna exactly it's only gonna really serve what we were under underperforming prior it's still i we're still gonna have a demand even with all those units coming online we're still going to have it. Yeah, it's going to get rapidly absorbed. Yeah. The only thing I keep thinking True. is this affordability issue. And yeah. you hear it here locally, of course, um, but really it's a nationwide issue. Most major metros, about one third of homeowners or, or of, uh, of non-homeowners can afford to own a home. It's It's a very... And even with rents being so in line with what it would cost to buy, it's coming up with that down payment or mm. or having some past credit thing that's haunting you and preventing you from being able to buy or just disqualifying yourself. Um, only a third of people can afford. So at some point, I feel like just unless there's wage growth, 
it's not going to be a matter of lack of demand. It's just going to be, I'm, I can't do it. I'm, I'm disinterested or I, I'm disinterested because I can't afford it. And I, will we just hit some plateau where it's not about demand and supply? It's more just about, I, I just can't do it. Affordability. Yeah. It's about right. affordability. I can't exceed the $600,000 range because I just can't do it. I can't qualify for it. I can't afford the $3,000 a month housing sure. payment. That's expensive. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. You know, the thing that I can say though is that rents aren't going to ever, you know, you're not, When's the last time you saw your, your landlord said, I'm going to charge you less for rent? Right? <laughs> I don't think that happens. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I like to make that point um, because of the fact, again, that, that now it loops back around to, you know, if you're renting, you're in a zero loss, zero sum loss game. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like it just isn't going to happen. So, so you know, and, and then also being able to get in, you know, uh, this idea of saving to get in, uh, again, you're just – with the fact of uh, your cost of living and everything is so high, especially here locally in the Central Coast, you know, it's so hard to get ahead to where you could feel like – feel comfortable with, hey, I have enough save. Now I can get into something. Really, the way to do it – and I would recommend doing it sooner than later because of inflation and because of what we're seeing. That I would recommend that we get in now. And here's the other thing. You know, let's say we do see some interest rate, you know, ticks upward – now that really will affect, you know, how much house you can buy even more so, mm-hmm. right? So it, it's going to be interesting for sure. You know, I, I think we do – I think there really is a need for some affordable housing, you know. but, but you know, before, So right now if you're a first-time buyer, you, you can't really – you can't get into anything for under four, you know. Right. I mean at least a single-family home. It's hard. And if you are hard. finding that, it's very competitive. Yeah, that's exactly right. So – there really is a need, and I've been actually challenging my team with figuring out a way to solve this because I feel like if we can solve that part in the equation, you know, there there is there is a demand. Yeah. You know, oh, so, absolutely. So there's there's some creative ways to do it that I've been challenging with, and it's just a matter of you know of putting together a good plan. It's nice to hear that you're spending time counseling people on that decision to make whether to save that down payment and how much versus getting in as soon as you can with a smaller down payment and just letting the market forces kind of take hold. I get frustrated because it seems like all of the national news outlets, when they produce some kind of advice column to home buyers, it's always geared around this saving 20% idea. And it's not what we see happening most often. You know, we work with a lot of young buyers, mm-hmm. a lot of first time buyers. Rarely, it it's not the norm. It's it's I, I, I'm trying to put a percentage on it or something. I don't even know if I can. I'd just be making something up. Less than half certainly are putting 20% down. I would say most people are finding a minimum down program. Mm-hmm. And even with that, the down payment is coming from a gift. Um, especially with the younger people, they get parents to participate because the parents see that value in home ownership, want their kids to do it, understand their kids are getting established in careers, Hmm. don't have all that disposable income to sock away into savings or whatever. So they give them that little head start. Maybe it's 20 grand. Maybe that's all they need to just get their foot in the door and then enjoy that five, six, 7% um, appreciation we've been seeing consistently year in and year out for the last 10 years. And things are always changing. That, that, that's that's one thing that I think is important for home pros- prospects that are, are thinking about buying a home it, to understand that there's 
just because you couldn't qualify, let's say a year ago, or a guideline was the way it was a year ago, sure. we're constantly seeing sure. new um, updates to guidelines. We yeah. talked about it very briefly about you know accepting gifts as down payment. So maybe you don't necessarily need to have the that those funds in your bank account, but maybe a friend or or a relative um, has something that uh, that you can you know receive a gift for. Um, we've seen you know the the conforming loan limits go up. So what potentially in the past would have, you know, had been a bump to your interest rate because you were above this conforming loan limit, um, those those loan limits are, are now a little bit higher. So maybe you're looking at, you know, slightly lower interest rates on a loan amount where a year ago it was considered high balance and now it's conforming and you get a slightly lower interest rate, which is a lower payment, which increases your affordability. So understanding that, it's definitely where our business models parallel each other is – Taking the time in the beginning and understanding who you are, where are you in this process, and the advice is going to be different based on the specifics of your scenario. Absolutely. And that's just the bottom line. The low-hanging fruit is the guy that walks in, has 20% down, has great credit, long-time job. I'm looking for a realtor. I'm looking for a mortgage guy to help me out. Um, I want to buy a house. That's that's easy. I mean, everyone can do that loan, right? Everyone can do that how transaction. Often, how often does that happen? It doesn't, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's few and far between. So that's why I love hearing the work that you do because I tell people this all the time. Come in, let's sit down, let's talk about your scenario specifically. Sure. And if we're making an offer later on today, great. That's awesome. But if it's next month or next year or even two years down the road, that's fine too because this journey, this path is different for everyone. And it can sure. be immediate or it can be a, a plan that we just have to put into place because of down payment or because of credit or because it's not the right time for you or we need to wait till you can show a little bit more income on the tax returns that you're going to be filing in six months and that's going to qualify. So there, there's a planning process that I enjoy and I get excited when I see other people doing the same thing, taking that time in the beginning to make sure that this particular person is fully informed, take that anxiety away, put a plan into place so we know what play we're running, right? Sure. My son plays flag football. When he doesn't know the play, sure. and he, you know, you can look, you can see it on their face. There's just like this anxiety and confusion and just like, oh my gosh. If you can take that away, even if the ball's not being thrown to you right now, at least you know the route you're supposed to run Absolutely. and how it, how, how, it, how it works into the play and how it makes the whole play and the whole team successful. I think that's super important. Absolutely. In fact, I've got a great story, if you don't mind, like, yeah, a, go like a, a two minute story. Sure. And when you, we all have these, right? Being in the in the industry, we all have our 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 top our top successes and some <laughs> of our failures, right? So um, I'm going to share with you uh, one of our failures. <laughs> it's actually a personal story. My wife and I we went to go and buy our first home, and we were just so excited to buy this home. Like we, we you know. Um, we, we searched and searched and searched and we went all over and we finally found the perfect home. And um, instead of using uh, one of our mortgage partners who we worked with in the past for years and years, my wife's a teacher. So we found out about this teacher program where they were going to give like a 20% assistance on the down payment. Um, and I think it was like at a no interest. It was it was a great program, mm -hmm. right? So we uh, so we decide, okay, we're not going to use the lender that we we know and we love and we trust. We're gonna because we thought this is such a good deal. We had to go do this, right? We had to do this other option. And so we, you know, we get pre-approved. We go through the whole process, 
And then we're like two days before closing. And I'm just like, hey, hey, have, did we get the loan docs yet? We're like, when's our loan docs <laughs> yeah, coming? Right? Like, Don't we need to know? sign something? <laughs> yeah. How come no one's really reached out to us? You know, like we're, we're supposed to close here on, on like Friday and it's, it's like Wednesday and there's just nothing. Like it's just crickets. So, uh, you know, so I start um, contacting the lender and call and no, no, no call, email, no return email. <laughs> and it's just like, this isn't good. What's going on here? Aren't we supposed to close? Right. So finally, you know, like a day later, I get an email back saying, sorry, you know, that, that program is, you guys aren't, it's not available for you. Oh, no. Right? And just we're just like it's a day before closing. <laughs> yeah, it's a day, right? <laughs> and so they're like, "But don't worry, we got this great option for you." Oh god! And so we like, okay, so we check out the option, and it's like like a five point seven five, you know, with big uh, uh, origination fee, and and it's you know, well, you know, hey, you got to do this, otherwise you're going to lose lose this opportunity because the bank on the other end was saying, hey, if you don't close on time. We're gonna charge you a hundred dollars a day, mm-hmm. you know, to, to keep this opportunity. So at, at that, I mean, immediately all the red lights were flashing. Everything. It's like, what is going on here? So you know, I reached back out to to our lending partner and said, you know what, I made a huge mistake. This is what we did. And he's like, wow, <laughs> why didn't you talk to me? Yeah. <laughs> like, and uh, the great thing is, and here's the power of working with the right um, partners especially lending partner, he was able to call the bank. This was, this was an REO property. He was able to call the bank, uh, get them to remove the the cost, and um, was able to get us closed in, in two weeks. And, nice. And, you know, life kind of went on as, as, you know, as planned. It's just we had a little hiccup. And, yeah. Um, but uh, it's, it's just a testament. And, and I know you guys probably have a few really good ones too, like where you've had to come in and, and – and save the, save day. the day, yeah, and and that's that's really where you know everybody thinks, well, why do I need a you know a real estate agent, or why do I why do I need a mortgage broker, or, you know, why can't I just go to Wells Fargo or or what have you? And mm-hmm. uh, it's because of our ability uh, to solve the problems and really put together a plan or a strategy. We like to partner, right? So we we have a comprehensive uh, plan for you. It's not just your your lender just saying this is what you're going to do or your agent. We come together in a partnership, look at the picture holistically, and then find out, you know, look, present all the options, we present all the data, and then we let you decide what is going to be in your best interest. That's yeah, the, the real estate and mortgage world would be so simple if yeah. everyone mm-hmm. had great credit, if everyone had a salaried job, if everyone had 20% down, and if every property was identical to one another. Oh, it would be so easy. It's just, we could all just do this all the time. In fact, we wouldn't even <laughs> need to be necessary. We, would, we wouldn't be here. We'd be in a different industry. But the reality is every borrower is different. Sure. Every property is unique. Um Absolutely. You know, and and situations arise. There's real life is happening around you and in a mortgage transaction or a purchasing transaction and and things pop up that uh, present challenges to underwriting. And and so that's where, like you're saying, having the right people involved to help navigate around that. I mean, it, it I don't think I'd I'd be exaggerating and saying that nearly every transaction has some issue that needs a little massaging sure. sure and uh and it's our job to do that and and not um so free massages free mortgage massaging <laughs> at, uh, at central coast London. <laughs> hey we're getting pretty close to the the wrap-up huh 
just under I don't, two minutes. Just okay. Under two minutes. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to leave us short on the on the finale. So um, you know, I've really enjoyed this conversation, Ted. I, sure. I thank you for taking time out of your Saturday and joining us and sharing a little bit about you and your family and your company yeah. and uh, and the approach you take with your clients. I, I really am loving all that I'm hearing. I, I do feel like it aligns a lot with how we approach business as well. So definitely appreciate your. The, the way you um, conduct business and just like to give you an opportunity to offer any final thoughts or provide your contact info. Of course, if anyone you know is interested in buying or selling real estate, how could they get a hold of you? Uh, yeah. So a couple of places really easily calcoastalproperties.com. Uh, you can also search for us on Facebook. We have a, a lot of good content there. Where you can see kind of our past projects and what we've done for clients. Um, uh, it's 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 been powerful. We have we have amazing agents. Spend some time with them. You'll realize instantly that it's it's a different experience. And um, yeah, feel free to contact me anytime with any questions you might have. And I'd love just to have a dialogue. Great, sure. And Ted Thank and his guys. team are going to move you in and cut your lawn. <laughs> and I mean, they're going to do it all. <laughs> um, so. I, again, thank you, Ted. CalCoastalProperties.com is the website. If you want to check them out, check out the team members. Um, and uh, if you're interested in buying or selling, give Ted a call. Definitely want to um, thank you again for your time today. If you want to start the pre-qualification process on buying a home, check out our website. It's CentralCoastLending.com. Give us a call at the office during the week. It's 543-LOAN. It's 543-5626. We're here to help you buy a home or refinance if uh, you're already a homeowner. And uh, we'll be back next week for the final show.